Turns out, Jeff, the Vikings get Jalen Rieger and Justin Jefferson out of that draft. Uh, this feels, it almost feels like the Vikings are trolling the Eagles by making this deal. I'm actually surprised the Eagles would want to make a deal with the Vikings and bring this up as a topic of conversation. But tell me what you think about the Vikings acquiring Jalen Rieger and getting rid of uh, Smith Marset. Yeah, I think that, first of all, it's just the, the whole cut experience the last couple of days has been surprising in a lot of ways and and going back to to the Armand Watts cut I, I thought that was surprising we could talk about that in a second but bringing Jalen Rager in from the Eagles is is kind of humorous in a way and I'm sure Justin Jefferson is kind of laughing at it and laughing at the Eagles that they picked Rager one spot ahead of him and, and I'm sure Howie Roseman, the Eagles general manager, is not laughing because it's just confirmed that this guy was a bust for them. And, and they've been trying to make up for it ever since by drafting Devontae Smith last year, who's, a, who's obviously a re- really good receiver, but they had to pick him in the top 10. And then they signed A.J. Brown for a $25 million a year extension. And if they'd had Jefferson – they would have saved a lot of money and a lot of anxiety in their receiver room with, with these moves. So now, now they can afford to, to pay an A.J. Brown because they have a quarterback in Jalen Hurts who's not a big-money quarterback. And we know in dealing with a salary cap, if you don't have a big-money quarterback, you can do a lot of different things, as the, the Seahawks did and won, won a Super Bowl with Russell, Russell Wilson on his rookie deal as a third-round pick. But <clears throat> having said all that, I was surprised that they released Amir Smith-Marset. I think he's a talented guy. I think he adds speed to to the team and perhaps was a little shaky as a punt returner, but had a nice punt return in the last preseason game, a 21-yard return, but a little bit perhaps impatient with Smith-Marset. Maybe they'll get him back on the practice squad. Maybe they'll see what they have in Rager, and maybe he won't stick. We'll see. But – just a, a lot of surprising moves, I think, by the Vikings during these final cuts. And I, I can tell you, Jim, first of all, the final cut day was never one of my favorite days as a GM because you're talking to players, even if they wind up on the practice squad. And, and back in the day, we had six players on the practice squad. Now there's 16. So a lot of these players came back in the last 24 hours. But even still, it's, it's hard to tell a player he's not going to make the 53-man roster after working hard through the offseason and training camp. And, and so some of these players, uh, such as smith Marset, and even worse in his case because he thought he made the 53, and then a day later he gets cut. So we'll see if he ends up on the practice squad. But I'll tell you, one thing I never did was release a player who had been lining up as, as a starter for much of the previous season and throughout the entire training camp, as was the case with Armand Watts. And in order to save ostensibly one, about a million bucks on, under the cap, they trade a starter who had five sacks last year, 46 tackles, looked like an ascending player, and they, they cut Watts, and they were supposedly going to swap him with – 
Black with Ross Blacklock, who they acquired in a trade for, with Houston for a, whatever a, a swap of late round picks, and obviously money was a factor because they pick up about the million bucks in the salary cap. But they're now they're going to start a guy who was an underachiever in Houston and had whatever two sacks and twenty two tackles last year as a former second round pick. Uh, perhaps they see the talent there; they think they can get it out of them. We'll see. But I thought Armand Watts was a good player, and I think that they have potentially weakened the team going into the Green Bay game in a game where they need as much pressure as they can get on Aaron Rodgers and also be able to stop the run that the Packers are going to throw at him with Aaron Jones. So that move really surprised me. The smith said move surprised me. Other than that, obviously the big news was the quarterbacks, and we can talk about that in a second too. Yes, he's Jeff Diamond, former Vikings general manager, former Tennessee Titans president. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, brought to you by White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Thanks to our producer, Brianne Burdett. And thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkNorthPod, see all of our shows as they are released. You can all, What we do recommend, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's the easiest way to listen to a show. It's also free. Uh, once again, thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. All right, let's let's get into the quarterbacks. Uh, you know, they bring in Mullins. Uh, we all kind of knew that was the end of the road for Manning and Mond. Uh, Mond and Manning both end up leaving. I think we both we might have suspected that one of those guys would be on the practice squad. Now neither is. So how do you feel about the quarterback situation now, and do they need the third quarterback on the practice squad? Does that matter? Yeah, I think they do need a third quarterback on the practice squad. When you got 16 players, why would you not have one spot be a quarterback? who could be a developmental guy. Now, we'll see how that plays out. I'm sure that they probably wanted to get Kellen Mond back to the practice squad. And, and of course, he was claimed on waivers by Cleveland. And who knows if he'll stick there. Maybe he'll be freed up at some point and come back here. But maybe he wants a fresh start, too. I didn't think that they would put Mannion on the practice squad because – why would you? We've seen enough of Mannion. I'm sure the coaches have to know that he's just a, a very average at best and probably below average quarterback. And he's not going to get any better. He's not going to be developed. And as a practice squad quarterback, he's not going to get the reps. So that would only be to appease Kirk Cousins. And in this situation, now it's now it's Nick Mullins' job. And Mullins has to continue his crash course in the offense so he can be ready if needed, against the Packers next week. So the whole quarterback thing has has been kind of strange. And it just, for Kellen Mond especially, we thought things were on an up curve. And O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell was talking him up during the offseason. He looked okay in the Raider game. Then he had a, a bad performance with the two interceptions in the second preseason game against San Francisco. And then it all kind of went south for him. So that whole quarterback situation has been strange, uh, along with, as we said, the, the Armand Watson Blacklock deal and now Jalen Rager coming in. It's kind of a little bit tumultuous this week, but that happens in the in the final cut. And the final cut is kind of a misnomer because we we know that things change with that roster going up until really the first game and, and even can change during the season if necessary. That's something I've been saying ever since I started covering baseball and people get all fired up about the final roster, the opening day roster. And then, you know, 10 days later, they 
they'd make three moves. And I mean, there, there are no final rosters. Everything is always in flux. I do think what's interesting here is every new coach I've and general manager I've ever covered has kind of wanted to do things a different way than the predecessors, has had different evaluations. And sometimes I know Jimmy Johnson, when he first came in, he cut the Cowboys leading receiver almost as a symbol to everybody that, hey, uh, nothing you did before matters to me. I'm, I'm starting fresh and I want people who are going to be good from now forward. Do you think there's any psychological aspect in these moves or do you think they're just football moves? I think there could be a little bit of, hey, we're going to do things our way and we're not going to be beholden to what happened in the past. And that's pretty obvious when you look at the 2021 draft where, what, six players were Mm -hmm. cut, including all three third-round picks from last year when you talk about Mond, uh, Chaz Surratt, and and Wyatt Davis. And that's a pretty strong indication that those players – were not evaluated as highly as, as Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer perhaps did, even though we, we know Mike Zimmer was not ever necessarily high on Kellen Mond. Uh, so it's just, yeah, there could be a little bit of that going on, and it could be, as you said, football moves and trying to get the rest, the best possible roster in place and, and not going to worry about where a guy was drafted. But I just think it's really kind of part and parcel of what happens when a new regime comes in, and as we've talked about before, they're not going to be tied to these former players. And you just look at the final cut, and nine of the ten draft choices this year made it on the final roster so far. And the only player who was cut was Nick Muse, and and he was brought back to the practice squad. I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was. And so – it's just a, a, a kind of a, a crazy situation. Yeah, he's on the practice squad. It's just that's what's going to happen, that they are not going to be beholden to whatever happened in the past. And and that also sends a message to, to the veteran players on the team and the big money players that, hey, you guys have to produce or, or we're going to make some moves starting right at the top with Kirk Cousins. And I did think it was interesting this week, Jim, that, that O'Connell – was talking up Cousins on some national shows, says he's a talented guy, and we want him to feel as involved as he's ever been in the offense. So he's he's really trying to build Kirk up going into that opener against the Packers. But we know it's only going to last as long as, as Cousins produces. And when you go to a situation that the first-team offense had no snaps together, in a preseason game, now, I know they did against the 49ers in joint scrimmages, but there's no tackling in those scrimmages, even though they were pretty feisty. How can anyone predict, Jim, what's going to happen a week from Sunday on September 11th when, when the Green Bay Packers come to U.S. Bank Stadium? Who knows what's going to happen? Last year, the Packers laid an egg against New Orleans, lost 38-3 to in the open. Everybody thought, oh, man, they're going downhill. They still won 13 games and easily won the division, I think anything could happen, even though the Vikings didn't play anybody in preseason. I don't think the Packers did either, certainly not Aaron Rodgers. So it's going to be a really fascinating game come next Sunday, a week from Sunday, when the Packers come to town. But I'll tell you this much, that secondary better get ready because Rodgers is going to be coming after them, even if he doesn't have Devontae Adams. And, And I would say his prime target is going to be Cam Dantzler. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well said. And by the way, I do think predictions are stupid, but we're still going to do predictions. We'll do predictions starting next week on uh, a handful of games, including always the Vikings and the Packers. Uh, I want to get to uh, Alexander Madison, Ryan Wright, some other roster developments. Well, I just want to ask you about Patrick Royce, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson. But first, tell us about White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC and my longtime friend, owner Paul Rubens, his general manager, Charlie Gutrell, they're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WiperLakeSuperstore.com. You'll see 0% APR on most GMC and Buick SUV models, including the stylish Encore GX. Also check out the all-new next-generation GMC Sierra 1500. Reserve yours now and explore the GMC Sierra HD. Don't wait. Reserve your all-electric super truck, the Hummer EV. The Wiper Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. And the Wiper Lake Superstore Buick GMC is a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. And welcome back to Platinum Bank. Yes, Platinum Bank, always happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with market president Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch, to learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. Glad to have Platinum Bank back. Thanks, as always, to White Bear Lake Superstore for their long-standing support of the program. Let's get to Alexander Madison. A lot of rumors about the Vikings listening on trade talks, maybe being interested to trade. I'll tell you my position. My position is he's a proven good running back. He's the ideal backup for Dalvin Cook. Even though I like the other backs on the roster, I would not trade him away unless you got a really high pick, and I don't think they're going to get a high pick for him. Yeah, I agree. I, running backs we know have been a little bit devalued in recent years, and I think Alexander Madison is a really good player, a really solid player, and it, it's hard not to figure that Dalvin Cook is going to miss a game or two or three because that's his track record, and if that happens and you don't have – Alexander Madison, well, then you're you're starting Wang Wu or Ty Chandler, and you don't really have the depth. So I don't think it makes sense to, to trade Alexander Madison this year. You're probably going to lose him next year as a free agent. Uh, this is his fourth season, and so he's going to be an unrestricted free agent next year. And you have to understand that that's part of the equation. That's what's going to happen because they probably won't be able to pay him and someone's going to give him a pretty good contract because he's a very good player. But I, I wouldn't trade him this year unless I got something like a second round pick in return. And maybe someone's going to go that high. And if that happened, then you would think about it. But other than that, I wouldn't trade him right now for a third round pick or whatever, because you might get 
a third rounder as a compensatory a compensatory pick in free agency if you lose Madison, which you're probably going to lose him next year. So why trade him for less than a third, less than a second? And I would not make that move. I would continue to develop Wang Wu and Chandler and use them as, as kick returners. But keep Alexander Madison. You need him this year. No doubt about it. I guarantee nobody's going to trade a second-round pick for him right now, even if they need a running back. There are just too too many other ways of filling at the running back position that we've seen in Super Bowl team after Super Bowl team. How about Ryan Wright? What do you what do you make of the new punter? Yeah, I thought he was great in Denver, but I, I guess that's the mile-high atmosphere. And he had a 56-yard average. I, I love the kick he dropped down to the two-yard line. Had, had kind of good backspin on that one, and like like hitting a, a wedge and and dropping it down on the two, <laughs> but I, we'll see. He has, he has not kicked in a, an NFL game yet, and he, he's going to be under big-time pressure come that opener against Green Bay and moving forward. <clears throat> I, I do think that he did prove something to the coaches in terms of his ability as a holder when you think about Greg Joseph kicking a 46 and a 58-yard field goal in Denver and that would have been one of their concerns is taking the holder from last year for Joseph, who had a really good second half of the season, um, and have a new holder going into the, into the regular season. So that's a good sign that Ryan Wright was able to handle that responsibility. But again, that's going to be a big thing to watch moving forward because Joseph is obviously a, a really key weapon for the team. And, and I think he's a, had a great camp but have to continue that going forward and starting with that opener. No doubt about it. Let's go around the league now. Russell Wilson gets a major extension. What do you think of the extension? Uh, and what do you think it's, does this have any impact on Lamar Jackson, what he's trying to get right now? Yeah, I, I think Lamar Jackson, his situation is probably more tied to the Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson extensions, which came in around $45 million a year. Russell Wilson is coming in just a shade under Aaron Rodgers' deal. It's, it's a five-year, $245 million extension. So basically, <clears throat> almost $50 million a year, which is where Rodgers is. It's amazing what's happened to these quarterback salaries. And we've talked before, Kirk Cousins looks like a bargain at 32 to $35 million right now. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, th- I think that Wilson, he's obviously proven – I'm a little surprised that, that the Broncos made this move before seeing him play a regular season game, but perhaps they felt it was something they needed to do to solidify Wilson and his confidence in the team and what's going on there. <clears throat> I think he'll be a really good player there. I've always liked Russell Wilson. I know you have too, and I think I yep. think he'll he'll perform well in Denver. He's got a good supporting cast. And it'll be fun to watch, starting, uh, again, very well put by the league to start out with with Denver at Seattle in the Monday night opener. Yes, the league does a great job of marketing itself. Uh, For all the problems the NFL has, that is not one of them. They know how to to attract eyeballs and make money. I give them full credit for that. Uh, How about Jimmy Garoppolo re-signing with the 49ers? Yeah, I think I think that was a, a major surprise around the league and surprised me after Kyle Shanahan and 
uh, and John Lynch, the GM, were talking all off season and all through training camp that Garoppolo is not going to be on the team. He did not take a snap in preseason practices. He was working out on the side field, and it kind of sets up a really interesting scenario in San Francisco. I think it's a good move for the 49ers because they get a, a, a top-quality number two quarterback, and they get him at a, a, a salary that's twenty, almost $20 million less than he was supposed to make. Now, he can he can max out the deal at $15 million. He was supposed to make twenty five. If he if he hits a bunch of incentives and with roster bonuses, but it, it's clearly a pay cut, and a little surprising that that Garoppolo agreed to do that rather than waiting it out and seeing if a team loses a quarterback or whatever. But perhaps there's kind of an, a side understanding that they'll trade him next year in the off season. I do think, however, for Trey Lance, <clears throat> the young quarterback. It creates a situation where there's even more pressure on him to perform. And, and hey, let's let's be honest. There's always pressure for the starting quarterback to play well and perform under pressure. But I think I think it's a little <clears throat> a little different when you have a, a a guy who just started for five years with your team and and took them to a Super Bowl and to a conference championship last year and now he's healthy, and he's your number two quarterback, I think that creates a little more of a situation where Trey Lance is looking over his shoulder more so than Kirk Cousins is with Nick Mullins behind him. So we'll see how that one plays out. Trey Lance definitely is under pressure, starting with the opener in Chicago. What are you expecting of Rashad Bateman, the former Gopher? Uh, you know, works with your agency. Uh, he looks like he's going to be the number one receiver for Lamar Jackson this year. A very highly motivated Lamar Jackson. What kind of a year do you, you expect out of Bateman? Yeah, I think I think Bateman is going to be their prime target. Um, but uh, we'll see. I think Lamar Jackson and and that Baltimore Ravens team. We know they like to run the ball first and foremost. The tight end is a big part of their offense, and I, and I think that. That Rashad will will get a lot more targets and be a lot more of an impact player. He's got to stay healthy there. Uh, he's had some injury things in the past, and hopefully that'll work out well for him. Uh, also, Tyler Johnson, who was in a really tough situation in Tampa Bay, um, and and he was he was waived by the Bucks, which I think is perhaps a mistake by the Bucks to count on guys like Julio Jones, who has been so hurt off and on and and they're paying Julio bigger money. I, I just don't I don't see how that's gonna pan out for for Tampa Bay keeping a Julio Jones. But but Tyler was claimed by by the Houston Texans, and I think that perhaps is a better situation for him to go to a team where he he could be featured a lot more and get a lot more play time. Um, they've got Brandon Cooks, they got Nico Collins there, but but Collins is not necessarily proven yet, and I think Tyra's going to have a, a, a chance to have a good role there. So, yeah, that's part of what happens at the final cut. And talking about Armand Watts, where does he end up in Chicago <laughs> at a division rival? And, you know, Armand will, will be fired up for week five when the Bears come to, to U.S. Bank Stadium. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. If you, you know, at the moment, it feels like a risk or maybe a mistake, but 
you know, as you said, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Hey, I want to let you know uh, that I do my own show on the network, Black and Muted with Jim Suhan this week. My guests were old friends and longtime colleagues, uh, Patrick Royce and Chip Scoggins, who recently uh, collaborated on a book on Royce's life and many of his greatest stories. Check that show out. Also, we have uh, Cheryl Reeve, Michael Russo, Anthony LaPanta, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal, John Krasinski, John Malay, Jeff Diamond, Mike Grimm, Boyce Olson, Dave Lee, outdoor content, variety content. We keep growing the network. We appreciate you listening. I guarantee there's a show you will enjoy if you check out our lineup at talknorth.com. Uh, so since I did this, the show with Roycey and Chip, uh, which was great, tell me your favorite uh, experience or story regarding dealing with Patrick Roycey over the years. Uh, I, I love Patrick, and and he he was he was kind to me during my my days with the Vikings, and I, I remember him writing a scathing column when when I left the Vikings when uh, when in my in my little issue with with when Denny Green wanted to take over the GM and the head coach role, and talking about Denny stabbing me in the back and all this and that, and so it was it was it was a humorous column at the time. Uh, not necessarily, not that I thought it was such a funny situation, but I ended up in a better spot anyway in Tennessee as a president and CEO. But my favorite Patrick stories are really on the golf course. And I remember one time we were out in, in San Diego down at that La Costa and, and, and I was playing with, with he and Dark Star. And I don't know if you ever played golf with Patrick. He had, he had the most wicked slice you ever oh, wanted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and it, it was it was fun. He, he and Dark Star were were a, a kick on the golf course. So that that was my favorite time with with Patrick. And and uh, as I said, it's always been fun to visit with him over the years and talk with him. And and, and what a, what a phenomenal career. And and I, I'm excited to, to see that that book. It, it should be very interesting. And I'm sure he'll have some interesting Sid stories in there too. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, he's had quite a career, and it was a blast talking to him the other day. Uh, <laughs> one thing about playing golf with Dark Star and Patrick Royce is they could not be in the same cart because everything Dark hit went a mile left, and everything Patrick <laughs> hit went a mile right. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, let's get a final thought from Jeff. Once again, thanks to White Bear Lake Superstore. Thanks to Platinum Bank. Uh, thank you to our producer, Brianne Burdett, and thanks to our sales executive, Karen Cleary. All right. Jeff, give us a final thought, and then next week we'll really start getting into the Packers and Vikings. Yeah, definitely, and we'll be watching to see how Irv Smith Jr. comes along next week. He's really, a, I think, a critical piece to get him ready for that opener that they've been hoping to do, and he's not. I don't think he's practicing full goal quite yet, but they did get their their two top draft picks, Lewis Seen, the safety and, and cornerback Andrew Booth Jr., back on the field, which is a good sign for that secondary that, that needs all the reinforcing you can get going into that opener. And I guess my final thought is what's going on in green Bay, what's going to happen on their offensive line is Bakhtiari going to play is Jenkins going to play their two all pro offensive linemen. If those guys are not out there opening day, you know that Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith are going to be licking their chops. And, and I, I still think that's going to be one of the keys to that ball game is what kind of pressure those two guys are able to put on Rodgers and, and also being, being able to stop the run, which would be really important. 
And Green Bay's kicker, Mason Crosby, was, was activated off PUP, so he's expected to, to – he'll be kicking on opening day against the Vikings, but, but he didn't kick at all or much in preseason coming off knee surgery, so that could be a factor too. Just a lot of intrigue going into this opener. No doubt about it. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a fascinating season. Uh, we're lucky to have Jeff on the network. You can also check out the Viking Update show uh, and our, more of a writer's view of the team and the league. It's great to have an expert like Jeff on this show. Uh, thanks to Jeff. Thanks to Brian. We'll talk to you next week when we'll be talking Vikings Packers for real. <laughs>